morning, good morning, Spirit Church. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Can you join us in worship this morning? Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come on, let's sing it out together. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy, come to the table you will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. Sing it out, for God so loved. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. Thank you for your goodness to us. You alone deserve all the praise. Thank you that we can come find your mercy today. So bring all your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. See his open arms, God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. The power of hell is forever defeated, now it is well. I'm walking in freedom for God so loved, God so loved the world. Come on, let's sing praise God. Jesus is waiting for God so loved the world. Come on, aren't you thankful that he loved us? We're here to lift up the name above every name today to glorify our King Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. There is none like you. Exalted in this place. As I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. 
My weapon is a melody And I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me Sing it out So I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar And up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive Aren't you thankful that the King is alive? I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. And I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the midst. I raise a hallelujah Fear you've lost your hold on me So I'm gonna sing In the middle of a storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar And up from the ashes Hope will Death is defeated, the King is alive. Can you raise a hallelujah this morning? It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, amen. Sing a little louder. Let's sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Let's sing a little Sing a little louder. Hey, sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Come on, sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies Sing a little louder Louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder My weapon is a melody Sing a little louder Heaven calls a fight for me Sing a little louder praises roar and up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar and up from the ashes hope will Defeated, the King is alive. Father, we worship you. Your name is the only name that matters. 
Today, this is not about a song. This is not about instruments. This is not about musicians. This is about Jesus. Sometimes, Lord, we worship you because of the things that you do for us and you do so much. But today, may our hearts worship you simply because of who you are. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply Longing just to bring something that's that will bless your heart. Come on, sing it out. I'll bring you more. I'll bring you more than song. For song in itself is not what you have required. You search deeper. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've it's all about you it's all about you sing it again i'm coming back i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you yes it is it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord when it's all about you
place today, God, for meeting us in this moment of worship. Lord, we just pray as, as the service continues, Lord, have your way in this place today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move upon us and just be present in this place today. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. We're going to honor our Heavenly Father this, this morning by saying the Lord's Prayer together and uh, just praying as, as Jesus taught us to pray and continuing in this, this spirit of worship. So let's pray this way together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. If you believe that here in this place today, can we give God one more shout of praise this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We, we are so excited for today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in this place today. We're so thankful that you chose to spend your Father's Day with us. We have a few other things for you on this Father's Day. Yeah, and in addition to that, for all of you that may have forgotten that today is Father's Day, we've got a special gift for you in both of the bathrooms. Uh, they are Father's Day cards. Make sure you run and grab one and fill it out, and don't let your dad or spouse know that you forgot, okay? There is redemption still in your relationship, okay? You can do this. But we're so excited. Won't you turn, uh, before I announce the video, turn and meet someone and greet someone on the way back to having a seat this morning. Welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Letty, and we're so happy you're here today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect. If you're here in person, you can scan the QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your Connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to know how to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. Instead, let this service be our gift to you. But if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. 
You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online on our website at spirit.church give. Or, as always, you can give on your Spirit Church app. Spirit Church, you're the best. Now I've got a few announcements for you. If you're new to Spirit Church, you are invited to our new people party next Sunday after the 11 a.m. worship experience. Join us in the cafe to meet our staff, learn more about who we are, and have a free lunch on us. You can sign up to attend on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Sunday, July 2nd is Baptism Sunday. If you would like to sign up to be baptized, you can do so on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. And lastly, Spirit Youth is leaving tomorrow for youth camp, so please be in prayer that they would have an incredible experience with the Lord. Spirit Church, we love you. Thanks for listening. Now let's get out our message notes as Pastor Jason comes to continue our message series, Tell Me Why. I love y'all so much because there's no way I would do that <laughs> ever. Where's Corinne? I love Corinne too. She must be out, outside. Legally, that's all we're allowed to show you of the song. I think it goes on, but we don't want to get in copyright, copyright trouble. So, so glad that you're here. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Thanks for celebrating. It was really fun to worship with you this morning and to see you. Y'all are good worshipers, by the way. I'm normally worshiping with you and can't see what's going on, um, but you guys worship great, so thanks for that. Couple of quick reminders before I get into the message. We're praying for America all throughout the month of June. Every day, the prayer guide comes out on social media. The prayer guides are available to you. But we're also gathering together on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for prayer. And I can't speak for everybody who was here Wednesday at 7 a.m., but I can tell you for myself that God touched me in a powerful way. Jesus is awake at 7 a.m., and he was in the room. His presence filled the house. And so if you're available, if you're able to be here on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. till about 7.40-ish, we want to give you time to get to work and the rest of your day. But we're having powerful times of prayer, just seeking the Lord. So be there. Speaking of prayer, tomorrow our students, as Letty said, are leaving for youth camp. So really quickly, we're going to show you a youth camp video. And then I want Pastor Daniel and Emily and all those who are going to camp, whether you're a leader or a student, while this video is playing, I want you to come down here. I know some are in this service, some are in the next. But here's what's going to happen youth camp and then y'all come on down while the video is playing They're going to have an amazing week. What you're seeing in front of you this morning is just a portion because we have multiple services. We have multiple people in multiple services. But I think all told, Pastor Daniel, about 60 people from our church that are going to be at youth camp this week. So, yeah. And I know for myself, like many of you in the room, I was called into ministry when I was at youth camp. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was in youth camp. I saw God move in multiple ways. It was amazing. And so we're believing. We know that God can move anywhere anywhere but some for some reason there's just something awesome that happens at camps that God does that so here's what I'd like to invite our prayer team our deacons uh, our pastoral staff and any godly grandmas and grandpas or moms or dads that can come up and surround these people because we're going to pray over them that God begins to move in their hearts and their lives even today they don't have to wait till tomorrow when they get to camp God can move in their heart and life right now so come on move quickly move quickly because I got a long message and then if you're, if you're not down, down front, if you just want to stand to your feet, let's pray for these, 
this morning. Father, thank you for these uh, great team of students and leaders who are going to camp this week. We are so excited for what you are going to do, and we believe, Holy Spirit, you're going to touch hearts and lives in a powerful way. The weather forecast says it's going to be hot. We pray it would be cool, that nobody would get sick. We pray that you would protect them, and God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would move and touch every heart and life of every student and leader that goes. Would you call some of them into ministry, God? Would you give them purpose and speak life into them? Would you direct and order their steps? Would you move as only you can, God. We yield to your moving this week in our students' lives, and we thank you for it. We give you glory and honor because we're going to see great results, not just for a one-week time, but we believe lasting, permanent results are going to happen based on what transpires this week at youth camp, and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, how many will say, I'll keep praying all week? I'll keep praying all week. Pray for them all week long. Amen. Stay standing if you will. And guys, you can go back to your seats. Thank you so much. We're going to be here in the morning to pray with you again. We're excited. Thank you, Pastor Daniel and Emily, for leading our students with excellence. You do an awesome job. Before I read the In the Vault text and we start, uh, at the end of the message today, I'm going to pray for all the fathers in the room. I wanted to start just by saying a quick word. As someone who has lost his father, I wasn't going to cry. I wasn't going to cry. But my dad's in heaven. And I take great comfort in that. But I know that sometimes Father's Day can be a big celebratory time, but for others it can be a little bit of a tougher time. Can I just pray a pastoral blessing over us? Because some have strained relationships with their fathers. Some maybe didn't grow up in the best environment with their, with their father. Or some, like me, are missing a dad today that they want to celebrate. Jesus, you're more than enough. We sang about that a minute ago. And I thank you that you're with us. I pray for every, every person in this room, those who, like me, have lost their father, um, those who maybe have a strained relationship or don't know their dad, those who didn't grow up in the greatest home environment. It, it's easy for some of us to celebrate, but for others, it can be a time of sorrow. The best news is you are our heavenly father. Yes. And so regardless of what we have encountered here on earth, you're with us. And we take great comfort in that. The word says you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. We thank you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at the end of all text, but I just noticed that the Quins are here. Adam and Sarah, missionaries from Costa Rica, are back home. We love you guys. Wave so everybody sees right where you are. Yeah. You didn't, wait. you didn't wave, Sarah. Higher, higher. There you go. All right. This is our in the vault text, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Would you say it with me? One, two, three. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and one who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Father, thank you that we can come together to study your word on Father's Day. I pray my voice wouldn't fill this house, but your Holy Spirit would communicate to us. You would challenge us and change us and make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Our series is called Tell Me Why, and throughout the summer months, we're discussing why we believe certain things, why we do certain things, why we act certain ways, because in this society, the answer, because I said so, doesn't cut it anymore. We have to be Christians who can articulate the reason behind our beliefs. And so two weeks ago, we talked about why our hands matter, why fellowship, and why worship matters, and why praying for people matters. Last week, we talked about why we emphasize the Holy Spirit so much, because we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to share the good news about Jesus and to help us live righteously. Next week, as you heard Letty say, we're talking about churchy things. Why do we baptize people in water? Why do we take communion? Why why do we say the Lord's Prayer? Why are we so insistent on the Word of God? And then the following Sunday, July the 2nd, we're going to baptize you in water. Anybody that would like to be baptized in water that has professed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So we're going to teach on it next week, and then the week after that, we're going to follow it up with baptism. I wanted to do it on the same day, but I knew you wouldn't have clothes with you to change into. And so that way you got a week to get your clothes and to invite your family to be here. And what a great testimony that would be for your family to come watch you get baptized. But today, we're answering a different question about tell me why. Tell me why we need more righteous dudes. Yeah. Why do we need more righteous dudes? In the 80s and even into the early 90s, the term righteous dude became popular. 
Surfers would do something out on the water and they would call it righteous. And then Ferris Bueller's day off came out and he was referred to in the movie as a righteous dude. And uh, I, I did something that I've never done before and I'm gonna do something right now that I've never done before. I'm gonna quote from the Urban Dictionary. I don't even know what that is. But I was looking for a definition of righteous dude and I quote, a righteous dude is an awesome guy who is very fun to be around and usually associated with surfers. And then they gave a sentence so that you could use like righteous dude correctly in a sentence. So here's the sentence that they gave. Whoa, bro, did you see Joe ride that wave? Yeah, man, he's such a righteous dude, even surfing. So like most things in life, however, God's definition of righteousness is in contrast or contrary to the world's definition of righteousness. Um, the, God's standard of righteous is the only one that matters. And, and we've got to learn to see righteousness through his lens. And so let me show you just from the Bible what the Bible says about the righteousness of God. There's, there's a lot of verses. I want to hone in on three from the book of Psalms. The first one says that God bases his identity, like he, he makes the foundation of who he is, justice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. He sits upon those things. Then the next, four verses later, Psalm 97, 6 says that, all of the earth sees his glory. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees it. And then Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is not just righteous some of the times. The Lord is righteous in everything that he does. If you were to go to a dictionary in your house or on your phone, the dictionary would define righteousness as morally acceptable behavior. But through a biblical lens, righteousness is to be right with God or to be in right standing with God. I've seen in my life, and you probably have as well, that righteousness truly is, based on these verses, a reflection of who God is. It's an attitude of our heart, and it's an expression that is lived out through our lives. Now, I have great news for you. Because today is, is Father's Day, we have some very righteous dudes at Spirit Church. Thank you, Jolene. I got one amen that we had righteous dudes at Spirit Church. We have some very righteous dudes at Spirit Church. But we also have some very righteous dudettes at Spirit Church. As I was preparing on Thursday, the staff kind of cornered me, and they said, women don't like to be called dudettes. And I realized this because there have been times that I've turned to Robin and I've said, oh, dude, look at this. And she says, don't ever call me dude. So all the points today that we're seeing from the Bible are gonna say something with regard to a righteous dude, but know that righteous dudes and righteous dudettes or maybe more appropriately, just righteous women, because we got a lot of righteous women in the house, this morning. And so these are truths that all of us, not just the dudes in the room, can, le can learn from. First one, righteous dudes walk with God. One of the first righteous people that we see in the Bible is Noah. He's in Genesis chapter 6, and God called him to build an ark. And the reason God called him to build an ark is because every good man needs a boat. Right? Yes, but why, truly, why did Noah need to build a boat? Well, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 says this that God observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he has ever made them or put them on the earth. It broke his heart, and the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth, yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them, but look at the last part of the verse, but Noah found favor with the Lord. And I'm like, man, the first part of that verse reads like yesterday's news headline, that there's evil and sin in our world. But I want to be a Noah who finds favor with God in the midst of an evil world. I want to be a righteous dude even though I live in an evil world. And the Bible tells us what it means, why Noah found favor with God. In the very next verse, Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 9, look at what it says. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man or a righteous dude. He was the only blameless person living on the earth at that time. And look at the last sentence. He walked in close fellowship with God. That's why Noah found favor with the Lord. That's why Noah was righteous is because he knew what it meant to walk in close fellowship with God. 
So what does Noah do? He obeys God's command. He begins to build the boat, and then the rain comes down. And look at the next part of the story, Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Get in the boat, you and all your family, for among all the people of the earth I can see that you alone are righteous. But mom, everybody else is doing it. But mom, all my friends have it. But everybody else thinks and behaves and posts and acts this way. But God said, you alone are righteous. God's looking for righteous dudes who know what it means to walk in close fellowship with God. And I want to talk about that phrase. What does it mean to walk in close fellowship with God? Well, Genesis 6-5 tells us what it doesn't mean to walk in close fellowship with God. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was totally evil. You see, righteousness is the opposite of wickedness. It's the opposite of evil. It's not just that I got close to it but stayed away. It's the complete opposite of it. Righteous living takes control of our thoughts and our actions. The first verses of Genesis 6, I didn't read them to you this morning, but it talks about the, in detail the lust and the sexual depravity that was on the earth at the time of Noah. And in contrast to lust and sexual sin, you see Noah walking with God, living a life of obedience and fellowship with him. And walking, that word walking with God, is a biblical expression for fellowship and for obedience. And when we walk with God, when we fellowship with God, when we obey God, it results in God's favor being upon our lives. But hear me, walking with God is not just turning away from evil. Walking with God is pursuing God. Sometimes we equate godliness and righteousness with not crossing arbitrary lines that we have painted in the sands. We say, how, how close to the line of evil and sin can I get and still call myself righteous or godly? What if we did this in our marriages? What if we said to our wives, baby, I love you, and I'm your man, but now that I've got you, I'm going to stop pursuing you because I really like some other girls as well. And, and since I put a ring on it, that means that you're mine, and I'm going to be your husband, but I'm also going to spend time at some other ladies' houses. I'm going to text them. I'm going to go out on dates with them. I'm going to send them cards and flowers. I love you with all of my heart, but I love them too, and I want to do things with them. But don't worry, I'm a man of standards. There's some lines that I'm not going to cross. I'm never going to sleep with them, but I'm, I want to be with them just as much as I want to be with you. Does that work in any economy in any way, shape, or form? How long would it take yourself to get up off the floor? Right, And so the, the contrast to that is this. Robin, I love you, and I'm your man, and I won't even entertain thoughts of another woman. I won't mess around on social media. I won't send inappropriate texts. I won't put myself in compromising situations. There will never be a question that I am yours. In fact, I'm not only good to, going to avoid the compromising situations with other women, I'm gonna pursue you with all of my heart. I'm gonna be so into you, so in love with you. I'm gonna chase after you so hard that there will never be a doubt of who I belong to. But we say this, I love God with all my heart, but... You can't qualify your love. You either love God with all your heart or you don't. We love to say, baby, I love you with all my heart, but, and we want to play the line. We want to get as close to the line as we can and say, I'm still godly, I'm still righteous, I'm still with you, I'm still in love with you, instead of saying, I'm not even getting close to the line. In fact, I'm going to be on you. I want to be so close to you. I want to be so with to you, so into you that you get tired of me because I love you and I'm your man. And it's not just a marriage thing. It's my relationship with Jesus that I'm going to be so righteous and so godly that there is never a question. Righteous dudes don't qualify their love because righteous dudes know what it means to walk with God. The second thing about righteous dudes is that righteous dudes walk with other righteous dudes. Now, if you're a woman, you righteous women, walk with other righteous women. I want to show you Psalm chapter 1, and if you're looking for a passage of Scripture to memorize, this is the passage for you. This passage, you memorize this, you get this in your spirit, you repeat this, it'll change the way you live. Look at this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Verse 4 says, the ungodly are not like this, 
They are like chaff that the wind drives away, and the ungodly, therefore, shall not stand or, or shall not stand in judgment. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment on the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And then I want to get you to the last verse. Sorry, I'm going so quick here. I just want to show you Psalm chapter 1, verse 6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Does the Lord know your way? Because he knows the way of the righteous, but the ungodly shall perish. Now, walking with other righteous people is different than it used to be because we live in a little bit of a different society. And yes, we still hang out and we have connection and fellowship and you need to be in a group. Monday night, we had the deacon team over at our house and we ate Mexican food and we laughed and we had an awesome time and we were encouraged by it. But sometimes the people that we hang out with are YouTube stars, influencers, celebrities, people that we follow on Instagram. And see, what happens is when you walk with someone, you're giving them influence in your life. And when you walk really closely with someone, you take on the persona of the person you're walking with. You begin to talk like them. You begin to act like them. You begin to think like them. Your behavior starts reflecting theirs. And so my question this morning is, who are the voices that are in your life? Who are you walking closely with? Because 1 Corinthians 15, says this, bad company corrupts good character. Moms and dads, I see this happen all the time in about sixth grade. When your sweet little innocent angel starts running around with people that they shouldn't be running around with. And your job is not to be your kid's best friend. God will give them one of those. Your job is to be your kid's parent and to say this verse as many times as you can to remind them of the company that they keep. But don't just quote it at your kids like you have some kind of authority or power over them. Quote it to yourself so that they will be a reflection of you and they'll go, man, my dad's a righteous dude and he's righteous in part because he walks with God, but in another part because he walks with other righteous dudes, maybe I should surround myself with some righteous dudes and start, stop running around with all the unrighteous dudes. I was just letting the applause die down. I was just, I was just giving time. Y'all are like, it's Father's Day. Could you chill out a little bit? I normally would, but we live in a day and age where we don't talk about this anymore. We don't. We're just like, live how you want. Just claim that you love Jesus and everything will be fine. Stop. I'm not mad, I promise. I'm so, I'm like in a great mood today. I'm not mad. I just, I'm passionate about this. We've got to live like Jesus, man. Woman, we've got to live like Jesus. We've got to be righteous. All right, Sorry. This is what happens when they let me have a guitar and sing. <laughs> Three, righteous dudes do righteous things. Righteous dudes do righteous things. Now, quick pastoral teaching moment for you. The things that we do do not make us righteous. Jesus has already made us righteous. Romans chapter five, read the whole chapter sometime, but verse 18 says, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. What Jesus has done for us makes us righteous. And because he has made us righteous, we keep doing right things. We choose to live righteously. 1 Peter 2.24 says it this way. He bore his sins, our sins in his body on the tree. Why? So that we would die to sin and live to righteousness. Not just, I got my get out of hell free card. No, I'm gonna die to my sin and I'm gonna keep living in a righteous way. You know the number one example of a righteous dude in the Bible other than Jesus is Joseph, the father of Jesus. In fact, the Bible calls him a righteous dude. Matthew chapter one, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Most of the time, when we read this story at Christmas, we look at this through the lens of Mary. We know that Mary's heard from the Holy Spirit. We know that Mary is gonna give birth to Jesus. He's gonna be our Savior and our Messiah. He's gonna die on the cross, but he's gonna raise from the dead. He's gonna forgive us of our sins. We know all that's going to happen, but Joseph knew none of that. All he knew is that this woman that he was engaged to was pregnant and he ain't the father, right? And so imagine, put yourself in, in, in his part of the story 
Because for a Jewish man, when he was engaged, he began to work on a new room at his father's house. Now, now when I was engaged, I had five roles. Five roles. Number one, buy the ring. Number two, book the honeymoon. Number three, pick up the tuxedos. Number four, show up on time. This is really important. Number five was the best, sample the cakes. This is the best day. Robin and her mom took me and we went to the wedding cake shop and they were like, well, you gotta try this one and then you gotta try this one and, the, and then you get to decide. It was like the best day ever. I was like, can we just be engaged more often? This is awesome. And for Jewish guys, they would go back to their father's home and they would build on or extend their father's home so that their wife would come there to live with them. And while they were building on the home, they were imagining those meals they would share together in that house. They were thinking about the memories they would make. Joseph, the, the, the carpenter, it, it, he's building onto his father's house. This is where we're gonna build our family together after we married. And then Mary sends him a text, I'm pregnant, dot, dot, dot. And he responds, who dis? <laughs> right? Think about what he's going through in this moment. I mean, the disbelief, the confusion, the anger, the frustration. Who is this guy and where is he? Because I'm going to kill him. And then Joseph settles down and he processes his feelings and he decides about his next steps. He's disappointed and he's heartbroken, but he still chooses to do the right thing. This isn't fair, I deserve better than this, but I'm still going to treat Mary with respect. Why? Because righteous dudes do righteous things because it is the right thing to do. You and I, and especially me, look for excuses to justify our unrighteous behavior. I was wronged, so I can do this. They made me angry, so I'm taking the gloves off. I don't like the way they looked at me, so I'm gonna go on social media and post about them. I don't like what they said. I'm gonna gossip about them. I can manipulate situations and circumstances because they did me wrong. Well, look at what Job 34 verse 21 says. God watches how people live. He sees everything that they do. So when I ask myself and I ask the Lord, Lord, I know I'm righteous because Jesus has made me righteous, but am I doing righteous things? Am I living in a righteous way? The response is always, do you do righteous things? Because righteous dudes do righteous things because Christ has made them righteous. And, and I'm gonna dive a little bit further into this for a second and show you something that nobody ever taught me, but I wish they had. When we talk about righteous dudes or righteous women, there's, there's three ways. We gotta have a righteous mind, a righteous mouth, and a righteous heart. A righteous mind, a righteous mouth, and a righteous heart. Let me show you righteous mind first. Romans chapter 12 and verse two. And you might take a photo of this or write this down or put it in your notes somewhere, but Romans 12 too. Don't, do not be conformed to this world. Boy, that's like what's happening right now. Yeah. We're all thinking with the same brain anymore. Just whatever the, the popular crowd tells us to do, we just follow along. Don't be conformed to this world, but be, what's the word? Shout it transformed how by renewing your mind by letting christ renew my mind and, and and that is by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect philippians 4 8 paul says dear brothers and sisters here's one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise now, the enemy's gonna try to put other thoughts in your mind, but just like a remote control, you're gonna switch the channel and fix your thoughts on the things that are excellent and worthy of praise, not the things that are unrighteous. And the beauty of that is we're not robots. We get to choose what we think about. And, and so we say, I wanna have a righteous mind because righteous people do righteous things in response to the righteousness that Christ has provided for them. So I wanna make sure that my mind is righteous. And the second thing is, I wanna make sure that my mouth is righteous. Here's what uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good or helpful. Now, I was looking for the parentheses where it said, except when you're mad. <laughs> or except when they said the wrong thing. Or except before you've had your coffee. But it says, let everything that you say be good and helpful. God, are my words good and helpful? Is everything that I say good and helpful? I bet I can work on that. I bet I can improve that in my life so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. 
the psalmist, Psalm 1914, prayed it this way. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Why did he pray it that way? Because what comes out of our mouth started in our heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And the last one, a righteous heart. A righteous mind, a righteous mouth, but also a righteous heart. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, righteous dudes walk with God, and they walk with other righteous dudes, and they do righteous things. But let me give you the last one, and I'll try to go quick. Righteous dudes overcome unrighteous situations. Have you ever heard about Job in the Bible? The story of Job, I'm fascinated by it. Now, most of the time, Job trips me up because I'm doing my Bible reading and I'm doing really good and then I get to Job and it's like 38 chapters of monologues. And you know, and you're trying to get through that and you just want to read chapter one and chapter 40 and 41, but, but all of a sudden this year, stuff started popping out to me while I saw this. Now, now before I show you this, Job, Job's situation wasn't unrighteous in the fact that it was evil, it was unrighteous in the fact that it was not awesome. It was not a good situation that he was put into. Look at, look at Job chapter one and verse eight. God and Satan are having a conversation. And the Lord says to Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. I don't know what your Father's Day card said today, but it probably ain't that good. And we've got some in the bathroom. If you forgot that it's Father's Day, sneak in there in a minute. There are free Father's Day cards for you to fill out. But it probably doesn't say that. That's what I once said about my life, right? Not just the righteous dudes, the righteous women. We want God to say those words about us. And God says that about Job. And then in the span of one day, Job loses seven sons and three daughters. 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. This is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I mean, we can't even argue that fact. But how does Job, a righteous man, respond to that day? Job chapter one, verses 20 through 22. Job stands up, he tears his robe in grief, he shaves his head and he falls to the ground and doesn't have a pity party. He falls to the ground and worships. And he says, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because righteous dudes overcome unrighteous situations. And look at the last part of the verse, what it says about Job. He did not sin by blaming God. He endured that unrighteous situation that he was put in. You see, righteous dudes overcome unrighteous situations. And why do we need more righteous dudes? We need more righteous dudes and more righteous women because we are created in the image of a righteous God to be like him. We need more righteous dudes and more righteous women because to be like him, we need to walk with him. We need people walking with him and we need to walk with other people who are walking with him. We do righteous things because it's his righteousness that is prompting us to, to be righteous. You know, it's always the right time to do the right thing. And we overcome unrighteous situations because we remember that righteousness is not about us. I was having lunch with my friend Adam this week and he reminded me of what Psalm 23 verse three says. It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God, it's not fair. God, I deserve better than this. God, can you see how they're treating me? It's not about you. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What if what I'm going through has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him? A righteous dude says, I'm gonna worship you regardless of how the situation turns out. Regardless of what happens, I'm gonna keep living in a righteous way. I'm gonna still walk with you. I'm gonna walk with other people who are righteous like you are. I'm gonna do righteous things because your righteousness is prompting me I want you to bow your head with me this morning. I'll be quick with this, but 
Righteousness starts with accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord. We call it saying yes to Him. That's the foundation of all of it. We have to exchange our wickedness, our evil, our sinful lifestyle, thoughts, behaviors, and action for the new life that He offers us. And He gets to offer it for us because He's the one that died on the cross so that we could be made righteous. It's not my offer to you today, it's His offer to us today. And so if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never accepted the righteousness that He has for you, today's your day. If you're here and at some point in your life you've, you prayed a prayer or like these students, you went to a camp, but now, man, you're, it's different. Things have changed. You know you're not where you need to be with God. You're, you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you that you've drifted. The good news is God hasn't drifted. He doesn't change. His, his hands, arms were nailed to a cross for your sin and mine, and those arms are still wide open to receive you today regardless of where you've been or what you've done. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray with you. Would you just slip up your hand right now and say yes, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for hands that have gone up already. Thank you. I've seen those hands. Anyone else, you say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus today. I want to accept his forgiveness and his righteousness in my life. If you're online, you could text the word yes in that chat box and let us know that you're making that decision for Jesus today. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. When you raised your hand, you indicated that you believed, but now there's a prayer of confession and we're all gonna pray it together. Everyone in the room, if you're watching online, pray it with us this morning. Dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for what he's done this morning. This is so good. So good. If you said yes to Jesus, there's a number on the screen. It's coming up right now while you're watching us online. You can just text us and let us know. We'd love to baptize you on July the 2nd. We're having Baptism Sunday. We'd love to get you discipled. And that's just a churchy word, meaning we're going to tell you more about Jesus and help you grow in your faith and become more like him. I want to close this morning by praying over all the righteous dads in the house. So if you're a father and you're in the house, whether your children are here with you or not, would you please stand? I just wanna pray a blessing over all of our dads. Come on, can we give it up for these righteous dads that are in the house today? Thank you. Thank you, dads. And like Pastor D said to the moms when he was here on Mother's Day, we need you. We need you leading the way. We need you leading your homes. We need you leading with integrity and excellence and righteousness. Thank you for the men that you are. Thank you for affirming that and for leading our families well. If you're near one of these righteous dads, you might want to put a hand around him or even stand up next to him and let's begin to pray for him. Lord, thank you for these righteous men that you have raised up. They're righteous not because of what they have done, but because of who you are and the work that you have done on the cross for us. You make us righteous. And then that righteousness prompts us to continue to live in ways that honor and glorify you. I, I speak blessing and favor just as Noah found favor with God. Would these men find favor with you in everything that they do? We thank you for these righteous men and we give you the praise for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for these dads one more time. Amen. How about for Jesus one more time? I'm going to be honest, this is really heavy. Oh, boy. Oh, what a great day. Uh, before we go, I do want to uh, give you a heads up. You go ahead and have a seat just for a minute, very briefly. Uh, there are Dr. Pepper and Slim Jims in the comments for all of our dads today. Mothers, you got roses. What better than Slim Jim? Heartburn for Father's Day to all the dads today. Um, I'm just kidding. But uh, today, uh, we're not giving away the motorcycle. I'm so sorry. If you thought that's what it was for, I apologize. Uh, but if I can do this with, with one hand. We're giving away this custom Lovejoy Peace Spirit Church 
uh, cornhole set. I'll turn it so you guys can see it over there as well. Uh, this was provided by David McGregor. Where are you at this morning? Somewhere back here in the back. Can we give him a hand? Hand made these. He's a veteran, wonderful family. We're so thankful for him. Uh, unfortunately, only one person gets to win it today. I wish we could all get them. Um, but Daniel, would you draw us a name today? I will if I can have a drum roll, please. Wow, that is so good when there's more than 50 people. Here we go. Let's find out. All right. All right, it's a really long name. I'm just kidding. Brian Richards, you are the winner of the Spirit Yay! Church Cornhole. Congratulations, right. my friend. Congratulations. Make sure you come and grab this. Are you carrying it to him? Or are, you, I, you know, are you delivering it oh to his goodness. truck for him? I will. I think you I should guess. have Grant carry it all the way out I'm going to go get the forklift. Well, well, as he tries really to quick. get off the stage, can we all stand across this place this morning? I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all as we leave today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.